and we back in this thing like we left something. Welcome back, y'all, to this week's episode of I Got a Story to Tell. Final episode of the season. Thank y'all for rocking with me. <sighs> it's been a ride, um, and we're going to continue going on. Um, so, like I said, this is the final episode of this season we will be gone and returning on friday january 5th one of the greatest days of the year that is founders day or some people call it j5 so january 5th which is friday we will be returning with the new season and more stories um again i want to thank y'all for just fucking with me this long I really appreciate it. Um, I didn't think that I would be <laughs> going this far with it um, and going this long, but um, it's therapeutic. It's fun. It's, you know, it's a good time. Um, I love the feedback I get from everybody. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, this week's album of the week is by one of my favorite musicians. Um, one of my favorite trumpeteers of all time, Chris Boti. Chris Boti, Chris Boti, B O T T I. Album of the week is Chris Boti Volume One, which came out. Um, I want to say it's been two weeks now. It's been out two weeks. Chris Boti Volume One. If you get a chance, check it out. Dope, 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 dope album. Uh, my favorite album of his before was uh, Chris Boti in Boston. Um, they have a song there called Emmanuel that is unbelievable. Um, so if you're a classical fan or a jazz fan, check it out. And with that being said, we might as well get to this story. I got a story to tell y'all. Let's go. This story takes place in 2005 and nobody knows this full story but me. Um, there are other people who know parts of the story because they were involved. But the full story, the severity of the story, um, only I know, but I'm about to share so let's get to it. So, like I said, it's 2005. Um, I'm back living in Cincinnati at this time. And life is really fucked up. 
I'm upset. I'm embarrassed. I'm hurt. I'm sad because I'm back living in Cincinnati. Uh, when I left in 2001, you know, I promised myself I would never move back. I would always come back to visit, but I would never move back. And life was great in Tampa. Um, like I said on other episodes, there are stories I probably won't share because if I told you, you probably wouldn't believe them. Um, life was that crazy and that good. But now life has changed and I'm back in Cincinnati. And this wasn't wasn't the plan. So I moved back to Cincinnati on August the 26th, 2005. My nephew's birthday is when I fly home. I hadn't seen my brother since March um, of 2005. And so I fly home fly into Columbus Airport. My brother is there to pick me up. And I'm super excited to see my brother. And I remember I was riding down 71, which is the interstate that'll take you from, um, or the expressway that'll take you from Columbus to Cincinnati, riding down 71. And we're listening to uh, Kanye's second album. I believe that's late registration, whichever the second one is. I know college dropout is first, but whatever the second one is, and we're listening to it happy to see my brother but deep down inside i'm so sad like damn i can't believe i'm back here and so we get to my mom's crib and you know i'm happy to see her of course but the following weeks were like so tough and i became so depressed like unbelievably depressed I would stay in that bedroom downstairs at my mom's crib in that room in the dark. Um, the TV would be on, but wouldn't open the, the shades. Um, you know, all those things you hear about depression where you just, you know, don't want to get out of the bed, you know, all that shit. Right. So that's what I was doing. I'm in the bed. Um, you know, I'll get up the shower, shit like that. But. I'm so embarrassed to go out and be out and about because I'm like, damn, I said I would never be back. And here I am. And so those next few weeks, when I say were tough, them shits was tough. Um, I didn't have a job yet. Um, money, you know, gone, you know, all that shit. Right. And so around that time, I start having real bad, like uh, toothache pain because I like my wisdom. I'm one of the people, my wisdom teeth start bothering me late in life. So I've got these, you know, wisdom teeth killing me. I don't have no insurance. I don't have no money to get these shits taken out. So I'm just like, oh, my God. So I'm, you know, wallowing in my sorrow, feeling bad, all that shit. <laughs> and my fucking mouth is killing me. Right. And so my mom had these pain pills. So I would I would take a pain pill, you know, every now and again. And one day I'm laying in the bed and I don't want to do shit. And my mom would come down and check on me, talk to me briefly or whatever. And, you know, I would tell her I'm cool and all that shit, but she knows her child. Right. And she leaves. 
And I'm laying there in the bed and I'm like, I'm tired of this, man. Like, I'm really, I'm sick of this. Like, I don't want to do this shit no more. And so in my mind, I started thinking, how could I take my own life? Right. And so I'm sitting there, laying there, all this shit going on in my mind. About, you know, 20 minutes into this shit of me contemplating, you know, my ending. My brother calls me. He said, what you doing? I said, nothing. He said, you want to run to um, to Kenwood, Kenwood Mall in Cincinnati. I'm like, nah, not really. He's like, just run up there with me real quick. I'm like, what you going to get? He's like, just walk around, really see what they got, you know, whatever. I'm like, nah, I'm good. He's like, nah, I'll be over there. I'm going to get you in a minute. So he pulls up. I go. And this was the first time I'd really been outside the house in a while. And it's almost like I don't I don't even want to see the sun. I don't want to be out. You know, I'm afraid I'm embarrassed because I'm thinking to myself, what if I go in this mall and somebody see me and they're going to ask what you've been up to? You still live in Florida and I got to say no. Right. My brother and I walk into the mall and I can't even I can't even focus and enjoy just being out the house for a few minutes. I'm so concerned on concerned with, you know, if if somebody's going to see me. We go down the escalator, we go to the food court, get something to eat and we sit there and we just talk a little bit. And for about a few minutes. It felt like, you know, those times my brother and I would, you know, be in Tampa or be somewhere else in in the fucking country, just sitting there eating. And for a brief second, it took my mind off everything. And it allowed my mind to, you know, just not think about shit for a minute. And for a brief second, I was like, damn, this is this is super dope, right? But as soon as we got done and we start, you know, walking around, I'm thinking I get quiet. I'm thinking to myself, damn, not too long ago, me and my brother was sitting at Torrey Pines Golf Club, you know, eating lunch and shit in fucking La Jolla, California, able to look at the fucking sun and the fucking Pacific Ocean. Now I'm sitting in Kenwood Mall eating a fucking, you know, Chinese food plate. And I instantly get depressed again. And we finish walking around the mall. Go back to my mom's crib. I walk in. My mom say, how was it? I'm like, oh, it was cool. And I go back in the room. And I'm instantly depressed again. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I just. I don't want to be here no more. That's all I kept thinking. I don't want to live no more. And I was just in that rut for like weeks and weeks and weeks. 
and I'm sitting there. My mouth is hurting. Like, I feel like I ain't got shit good going on. And I'm like, damn. And I start like talking to myself like, Mike, it was a good ride. It was it was a good ride. And my mouth started hurting so bad that day to the point like I couldn't lay down. Like every time I would like lay my head back, my mouth would be killing me. So I got up and started walking around. And I remember walking outside because I was like, man, I got to move around. My mom was like, she opened the front door. She said, you all right? I was like, mom, my mouth killing me. She was like, you need to go to the doctor or I mean the dentist. And I was like, I know. I was like, I, I can't afford that. And I remember my mother didn't have much of anything, right? Life was fucked up at this point. Like super fucked up. And I remember my mama left the crib. And she came back probably about an hour later. And she handed me some money. And I was like, where you get all this money from? And my mother went to a check cashing place. And got one of them fucking terrible ass payday loan shits, right? Just so I can go get my mouth checked on. I remember going in that room and feeling like shit. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. And I remember going in that room, sitting there, and I was like, damn. That's what the fuck my life then came to. All that promise, all that that hope, that them dream, all that shit, this is what I done came to. This is what it has come to. And I remember at that moment looking for them pills. And I was like, man, let me find them pain pills. And they wasn't like, it was like a little nightstand next to the bed and they wasn't there. And I went to the bathroom looking in the medicine cabinet and I was like, damn, where the fuck these pills at? I remember calling upstairs to my mother. I said, Ma. She said, yeah. I said, you seen them pain pills? And I remember her saying, Mikey, I don't know what you did with them. And I'm like, I know she probably took them. I was like, okay. And I just sat there for a while. My mother came downstairs. She said, Mikey. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, uh, you gonna try to make a dentist appointment? I said, yes, ma'am. So I did. So I go. <laughs> Get me a, a dentist appointment. The day comes and I go. They take x-rays and shit. The dentist says, um, yeah, your wisdom tooth, they're growing in and all that shit. But they're growing like down in the gum, like straight. It's like, if you can put up with a little more pain, you won't have to get them taken out. I'm like, man, I can't deal with this shit. He's like, you sure? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, we'll make an appointment to get him taken out. <laughs> I get on the Metro bus to go back to my mom's crib. And I get home, I 
tell her everything that's going on. She's like, okay, well, whatever you want to do. I go in the room and I'm sitting at the foot of the bed. And I'm like, I'm contemplating everything. Moves I can make, what I can do, all this shit. And I get a call from my homegirl, Court. That's been my dog since I was young. Went to church together growing up. That's my dog. And she's super close with her grandfather. And she had called me and told me he passed away. And I'm like, damn. Damn. And I'm saying all the right shit, you know. I'm sorry for you. You know, all the, 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 the normal shit that people say when you lose somebody. But whole time I'm I'm going through it. Whole time I'm going through it. And so the funeral is coming. And I really can't deal with anything else at this point. I'm like, man, I can't I can't deal with shit. And the day of the funeral comes. And the funeral is in the church that we grew up in, New Prospect Baptist Church. And I hadn't been there in so long. I hadn't been in that place in so long. And day of the funeral comes. And I muster up some energy to get up. And I say, you know what? Mike, it ain't about you right now. Like your friend... Lost someone close to her and like, nigga, it ain't about you right now. Be there for your friend. So I get dressed. My mom, you know, lifelong church member there. She knows her grandfather. And I asked my mama, said, you're going to the funeral. She said, Mikey, I got a whole bunch of stuff I need to do. Important stuff I need to take care of. Um, I may not be able to make it. I was like, okay. I said, well, I'll go on our behalf. She said, okay. Get dressed. Go to the bus stop and I get on the bus. Whole time I'm just looking out the window. Get to the church, get out, off the bus, I mean. And I walk into the church. And I sit in a spot that I've never sat in in that church. Um, my family throughout time would always sit on the right side of the church. And. I sat on the last pew in the back on the right side. Never sat there before. My family would sit up a little closer. And I'm back there and it's a little short pew. And I'm back there by myself. And you know, everybody's going up saying words and all that. And I'm 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 fine. I'm cool. I'm okay. And I'm sitting there and you know, you know how funerals are. And then they start, the choir starts singing. And this is the first time in my life I'd ever heard the song, I Won't Complain, right? Y'all know, you know, how it starts out. I've had some good days, you know, I won't complain, right? And the song starts out and, you know, singing it. And I'm just listening to the words. And I remember I became so overcome with emotion. 
like I put my head down, like I'm leaning down, put my head down, looking down at my shoes. And all of a sudden my eyes like well up with water. And it's like all just like I'm overcome with this emotion. This song is like saying everything, you know, that I'm feeling. Right. Y'all know how gospel music is. Gospel music is something different. And so. I lose it like I'm crying. I'm talking about like that ugly cry like, <laughs> like that. Right. And the middle of my cry. Like I feel somebody rubbing my back. And it's my mom. She's rubbing my back and I look over and I'm like happy to see her, you know, but I'm surprised like shit. You said you. And our. <sighs> I remember her putting her left arm around me. She was sitting on my right side, put her left arm around me, pulled me close and like had her arm around like my back and my neck. And she had her hand like on the top of my head. And she started rocking. And she's just started rocking. Y'all know how when a little baby is going through something and the mom holds the baby and she rocks, like just rocks back and forth. And, she, and my mom's doing that. And she's like, I know, I know. And she wipes my face and she says, Mikey, I know. And I'm just like, oh my God. What nobody knows is on that day, I had planned to come home from that funeral and take my life. I've never shared this with anybody. But when I started this podcast, I said, I have to get a lot of stories out from my life because it's going to be therapeutic. Because I can't, I can't hold it. I can't keep it no more. I have to get these things out. So what nobody knew is that day. I had planned to go to that funeral. Come home and end my life. <clears throat> I think had my mother not been there. I probably would have probably would have went through with it. And so the service is over. I go outside and I'm just standing outside looking at the front of the church. This is a church I grew up in. And standing there on the corner of Finley and Elm, just staring at that church, brought back so many like good memories, right? So many good memories from childhood, whether it was Easter speeches or, you know, 
going to the store and getting candy with my brother or my cousins or anything. For that brief moment, I had those memories and I was like, damn. Damn. See, something about me is I love to reminisce. I love to think back. And I feel like always having that and always thinking back to the good times is what has saved me a lot of times. And so that next week was a little rocky, but a little better, it was a little better. I start, you know, coming out a little more, coming out the room a little more. That next week, I got on the bus. I got dressed, got up, got dressed, got on the bus. <laughs> Caught the bus downtown Cincinnati. Got off the bus and just walked around. Just walked around. Just looking, walking. You know, reminiscing about when I was young going downtown. <laughs> but I still had my, my, my battles. And a few weeks after that, I was really in the funk, right? I was really down. I was I was down again. Um, because I'd had two job interviews and didn't get either one. So I'm like, fuck, man. And I'm at the crib one night. Really, you know, sulking and all that shit. Trying to figure out how can I get right. And I get a call. I get a call. First. From my brother, Matt. Say, Sans, what you doing? So I ain't doing shit. What you into tonight? Shit, Ned. I ain't doing that. He said, word. I said, yeah, I ain't doing shit. He said, niggas talking about going to some party. I'm going to hit you back and let you know. I was like, well, all right, whatever. Now, Mac is in Dayton at this time. I'm in Cincinnati. Right after that call, I get another call. From my brother, DC. Hey, Mike. I said, what's up? What you into tonight? Shit, nothing. What's poppin'? We might be coming down that way. It's a party. Our word. I'm not in the mood for no party. I'm not in the mood to do shit. I'm like, our word. It's like, yeah. It's like, I don't know if, if niggas going through or not, but if we decide to come down and, and, and fuck with it, you know, I hit you up. All right, cool. Now, my plan was to not even answer the phone. I just didn't feel like it. Right after that, another call comes. From my brother Juice. Juice calls. Hey Mike. I'm like, what's up, Juice? You stepping out tonight? I'm like, I done received a couple calls saying it's a part. He said, Man, you should step out. I said, I think about it. He said, Alright. I lay there for a while. Matt calls me back. Hey, I said, what's up? It's a party of Xavier. 
trying to go through. I said, saying, I might, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking about it. I think about it. Here go Mac. Fuck you mean you would think about it. Man, get up and put your shit on, man. I'm like, Sans, I, I'll let you know. You ain't going to let me know. Get up and put your shit on. Quit playing. And hangs up the phone. I said, okay. Juice calls me back. Hey, we coming down for the party. Z talk about to take over this bitch. Now, where they're talking about going to Xavier University in Cincinnati. At the time, Xavier, you know, didn't really have like black parties and shit like that. They would have one a year. They would have one like black party that people would go to a year. So I asked, I said, who are all going? So they just start naming people. I said, we about to run through this bitch. I'm like, all right, I'll go. I wasn't in the mood to go. So they come, they pick me up. We get to the party. We do what we do. Have a great time. We stepping and strolling and all that shit going through. Now, I remember it was after, after it was over with, you know, everybody go their separate ways. They dropped me off. I remember sitting outside, like the front door of my mom's crib. And I had the biggest smile on my face. I was like, damn. Damn. I remember telling myself right then. Because I, I talk to myself a lot. And I remember sitting there telling myself, I said, Mike, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And I sat there for a little bit longer and I got up went in the crib, showered. My mom called downstairs. She said, Mike. I said, Yes, ma'am. She said, how was it? I said, it was fun. She was like, it was? I said, yes, ma'am, it was fun. She said, I'm glad you had fun. I said, yeah, I'm glad I went. Go lay down in the bed, go to sleep. I woke up the next morning, I showered. <laughs> Got fly. Got fly. Got on the fucking bus, went downtown. Went and got a cup of coffee. Sat on Fountain Square. And I remember sitting there on Fountain Square and I was looking up at the woman at the top of the fountain. Like, for any of y'all who follow me personally on, you know, any social media, from time to time y'all see me post a picture of the fountain. Um... It just means something to me. It's just a, a happy place for me. And I remember sitting there just looking at the fountain. Looking at the lady at the top of the fountain with her hands out. And I'm like, damn. I am gonna be alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna be alright. Like I can I can make it. I can make it. <laughs> Got up, walked around a little bit more. Got on the bus, got home, 
got a phone call, another job I didn't interview before I got it. So I'm ecstatic at this point. I'm nigga, I'm I'm so happy. I got off the phone with the people about the job. I came upstairs, I said, Ma. I said, yeah. I said, I got a job. She said, you did? I said, yeah. She said, how you feel? I said, relieved. She was like, okay. I said, and I'm happy. She said, you should be. And I remember her telling me, had you not got a job, you know, whatever. I got you. I said, I know. I know you do. And I never forgot that. I remember telling my brother I got a job. I said, how you feel? Said shit, nigga. I'm, I'm happy. I'm relieved. Uh, stress, a little bit of stress off of me. He said, "You know, I always got you, right?" I said, "Kev, I know. I know." I know. See better.